Hi, this is Apocalypse Queen Radio, and I am your host, author A.R. Shaw. And um, this is a copyrighted podcast solely owned by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I wasn't supposed to say that last part. Anyway, um, this is the Women of the Apocalypse show, and we already have 14 watchers. And with me today is uh, Annie Burdell, very good friend of mine, Kate Morris, and Sarah Hathaway, all accomplished female authors in this genre. And we wanted to do a show together just to uh, discuss what we do as, as female authors in a male-driven genre and um, have our fans come in and just ask us questions, uh, participate, see what we can uh, accomplish in one hour. <laughs> okay, and our rules are trying not to talk over one another and that's not easy to do. But I just wanna go ahead and welcome, um, uh, let's see, who's at the top? Andy Burdell, go ahead and introduce yourself. Say hello. Hi, hi, I'm Annie. Hi. Go ahead, Kate. Hi, everybody. And Sarah. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> okay, so, so far we, uh, we have Biff Baker, and he says, howdy from Texas. Some of All us right. recognize certain fans and uh, others, they haven't discovered us yet or not, but we know our own fans mostly. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Chris Masters says, looking forward to this. Can't wait for book 10 of the McLean Apocalypse. This must be one of Kate's stories. Michelle uh, Proc, smiley face. Um, Annie Burdell, she says she can't wait. And then Melinda yeah. Durant was tagging Ashley Jones, apparently. So you guys, the fans out there, Marty Mullins, um, all of you, you're welcome to ask questions. But we'll go ahead and start off and uh, with a couple of our own. Um, I guess that's it, kind of hard, like, where do you start? So I, I'm gonna just kind of do a panel discussion and say, um, we've all written multiple books in this genre. And uh, I, it's kind of funny because a lot of a lot of these um, a lot a lot of our work are different authors. Their main book, it's usually their their main protagonist is usually a manifestation of of their themselves, their own character. Glenn Tate's done this. Um, uh, several several uh, authors do this. Is this something that you also do, Annie? Is 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 your main protagonist? Is she you? Um, and to some degree, yes. Um, I wrap my whole family into it, actually, including my now ex-husband. So I <laughs> had to figure out how to kill him off. <laughs> so guess what? He's not there anymore. So it'll take an interesting spin from there. I, I got a lot of, I can't believe you did that. And it's like, well, if you knew what was going on in my real life, uh, you would understand why. So yeah, life goes on. So does the books. Yeah. Kate, how about you? Um, I don't think that there are elements of different people, including myself, that come out in my characters, but they're all um, they're derivative of different people that I know, but not exactly the, you know, a person to a T. OK. And and Sarah. Uh, yeah, I would say that my lead character, Erica Moore, is definitely uh, kind of a portrayal of myself, but a little bit cooler, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Funny. So, we'll, we'll like that, attributes to them. 
Right. And then also my family with, uh, you know, some additions there as well, too. So, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Michelle Prox says, hi, all love your work, waiting impatiently for your next works. So we all get hi, that. Michelle. Oh, cool. So we we do get a lot of uh, we do get we do get a lot of fan pressure at times. Right. Yes. And like, <laughs> Annie, I know that you and I have both gone through a crazy year and Kate as well. I know that for sure. And it's it's how do you handle your home life and your writing world? Like, how do you um, and, and getting those emails from your fans saying, where's the next book? Where's the next book? And they're demanding, which is a great problem to have. But they're demanding. So how do you how do you manage your writing life with your daily life? Or is this your day job? This is my day job. Annie, go ahead. Um, yeah, I've, I retired last year from my old day job, if you want to call it that. But I have such a close relationship with my core readers that they know what's going on in my life. They know, they knew, they walked, they actually helped me survive through my divorce. Um, they mm -hmm. seen me go on from there. They know that, you know, I just retired and about a cabin in the woods to be that little old lady with the long hair, the long gray hair and, you know, getting away from people and all that. So, you know, they know what's going on. I'm pretty adamant. I don't share it on my public page um, mm -hmm. just because I do have a very nosy ex-husband. But uh, they know what's going on. They've got my back. And that's what's important to me. They're my sisters. You know, they're just not my fans. Right. And Kate, how do you manage right. it? You have <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of caffeine, uh, long nights. Um, I'm pretty private. I don't really share a whole lot on Facebook or any social media. Um, but I do still have my twins are still in high school and I homeschool. So my day is filled with homeschool and then now they both work. So running and I'm like the mom taxi and then we have animals and a mini farm. And so my writing usually starts around 10 or 11 o'clock at night and I write till about three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, do that. <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> a lot of caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, how do you do it? How do you manage it? Um, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I have an 18 year old and a seven year old and I do a lot of martial arts training and I instruct uh, Taekwondo as well. So, but being an author is my day job. So, um, I, I find that, uh, cause I have the changing earth podcast. So I take all my books through my podcast and do interviews on every chapter with the survival professional and stuff like that. And that kind of, uh, gives my fans like an expectation of when the next one's coming because they know that I'm, even if it's written, I'm not going to issue that book until that podcast season is over with. Right. Mm -hmm. So even though they're nagging me for, you know, the next one, I'm like, no, nope, I need time to perfect it. And you're yeah. just going to have to wait and you can stay with the podcast and you get the story and all the, the education from there too. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Let's see. Um, uh, Michelle Prox says, um, let me ask the authors really quick. Can you guys see the, the fan comments? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can. Okay. Some people can see it and some can't. I don't know. So oh, Michelle yeah. Rock says uh, that she that it's because we're all talented and, and they do understand. Um, Sandra Hunt says, hi, everyone. And Stacy Wright says, hello from Houston. Hello, hello Texas. <laughs> okay. God bless Texas. Yes. <laughs> um, so do you draw from your own experiences in your work? Is there, 
like I, like I know Annie just she talked about she just did. What about you, Sarah? Let's go from there. So you use a lot of your martial arts and your work. I do. Um, yeah, so I draw from a lot of my own experiences. I grew up country, so I was just hunting and fishing. And um, I really got into wild foraging when I started having a lot of medical problems and stuff like that. So I uh, put all that information in my book because I try to teach at the same time as I'm trying to weave this really cool story to entertain people. Mm -hmm. so that's, yeah, I do draw off a lot of my own experiences. And then, of course, create a new world where you have no experience in. So that, that yeah. takes you to imagination land. Mm-hmm. And Kate? Um, yeah, I do. I, I'm an avid shooter. Um, I've been shooting since I was a little kid. Um, it's Some of that information's on my, my website, but yeah, I think so. And um, I really follow politics a lot. So my books come from more of a political breakdown, uh, political apocalypse, nuclear. So, um, that and military experience, not me personally, but all of my family. So I can draw off of that, but yeah. And we've, you know, we've had a farm for 25 years, um, yeah. my husband and I, so we've always done like canning and stocking up and prepping and things like that. Mm -hmm. well, I had the wonderful opportunity to visit you at your home <laughs> last, last months ago and it's- yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Amazing. And Annie, what about you? Oh, absolutely. The farm in Alpha Farm, the setting is the farm I grew up on. I mm -hmm. think uh, all of us as authors, you know, pull from our, our past and the experiences that we had to put them to make it more realistic. You can definitely tell a writer that has no clue what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important. Right. Uh, Mich Michelle Prox says, or asks, how did you decide to publish and what steps did you take? Go back to Annie. How did you decide to publish and what steps did you take? So whenever you wrote your first book, you actually had prepper chicks before you, before you wrote your first book, right? Am I correct? Right. I did it the opposite way everybody else does it. I already had the fan base and then mm -hmm. I had started, I had knee surgery and wrote the first book or part of it and uh, sent it to my mentor, you know, the king of my life of, of writing, uh, G. Michael Hoff. He's like, you got to finish this. And then he got the whips out and he's like, this is what you do. Bam, 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 bam. And I listened to him and uh, thankful that I did. And the man is a huge part of my life. So I appreciate everything that he's done for me. Cool. Yeah. No, he is. We cool. He really is. Uh, Kate, what about you? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, how did I decide to publish? Well, I was going to go traditional publishing, but it's really hard to break into that unless you're already an established author. I don't know if a lot of the fans realize how incredibly hard that is to get into it. Yeah. And I had talked with a few author friends just through social media that I made connections with, and they said, you're crazy to, you know, go with a publishing house, self-publish, that's the way to go. And if I had gone traditional published, I, I would still just be on book three instead of getting ready to release book 10, because it's a much, much slower process. Yeah. So being self-published, all of us have that freedom and a little more, um, I don't know, flexibility 
Uh, we don't have deadlines, only ones that we set for ourselves, but then we also are able to work on our own timelines too. Right, yeah. Um, go ahead, Sarah. Um, when I did my first book, um, I was going to college uh, for business. My teacher told me that I, I was writing too flowery and I had to stop that. Yeah. And so I was driving down the foothills every day and I was like, okay, well, what happened if I was down here when something happened? So that's kind of what sparked my interest. And it was a hobby project. I got uh, pregnant with my second son and my, I finished my book and my mom was like, you wrote a whole book? You have to publish this thing. And I'm like, no, you know, who's going to want to hear my book kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Went ahead and did that. I was originally with Tate Publishing. If you know who they are, you'll feel sorry for me. Oh um, yeah, but, uh, you know, so I quickly taught myself how to just do all of everything that has to do with my books and went from there. And it's been great ever since. So cool. Let's see. Biff Baker, he's asking us a question. Uh, the teaching part is important to many of us. I've put together my bug out bag and bought firearms, knives, and accessories based on what the characters were using. Keep the referrals going. Um, Chris Master says, have any of you offered to go with a T, have had any offers to go with a TV series? The McLean Apocalypse would be a great TV series. Rooting for you. <laughs> yeah, we would love that. All of <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Uh, the only problem with being self-published is that you don't have an agent or if you do, I don't have an agent. So I don't really know how to market that to the would-be Hollywood producers that would be interested in buying that out. We just need our fans to all go together yeah. and just start <laughs> spamming Hollywood producers to make our movies. No, I totally agree. Yeah. We need them to like, you know, all the letters that they send us, like get this book done, you know, or um, when's the next book coming? Those need to actually go to the movie producers, I think. Exactly. Rhonda Scogan Lombardi says, hi, Kate. Hey. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, what would you do if you no longer wrote? What I mean, there, there are days, you know, I've sat at my computer and I'm like, yep, this is going to be a work on promotion stuff day because not happening today. So, I mean, what would you do if you no longer wrote? If you weren't, you couldn't write books anymore. What, what would be your profession, Annie? Well, um, since I just moved to the cabin, I'm still unpacking, um, but I have to get my greenhouse up. I've got to get my gardens in, my medicinals going. We've got all the animals ready for winter. Um, cool. So that was our, our main focus getting here, uh, was getting them set up and, and ready. So I have plenty of things to do, trust me. So you would homestead. I have a whole life that I have to. Oh yeah, homestead, and I'm, I love medicinals and curing yourself naturally as opposed to pharmaceuticals. Um, Michelle Dross says, "Hey Kate, I love the McLeans." Hey, <laughs> love Kate. What would you do if you no longer wrote? And oh, I have to. I, have to I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> also say the kids grew up and moved away. Yeah. Um, wow. That's a depressing thought. I don't know. Writing's all I've ever wanted to do. So for me, I can't seem, I, maybe I wouldn't publish books, but I'd still write for me. Yeah. That's my only creative outlet. I'm not uh, an artistic person and I don't draw or, you know, music's not really me, but writing's kind of always been my thing. Yeah. Sarah, what about you? I have to agree with Kate. I'd probably just stab myself in the eyes. I don't know. 
I was low. I mean, don't do that. Don't do that. Like my drug, you know, it's uh, it's my outlet and my release, and I, you know, you get to live through your characters, and it's just so much fun. I have so much passion there. So I'd probably work out a lot more. I'd have to like triple my workout to be able to burn off all the, you know, negative energy and stuff. But uh, yeah, so I, I would definitely probably would go crazy if I couldn't write. It's just always been a part of my life. So yeah, no, I, I can relate. I'd probably read a lot. Um, yeah, fair enough. Can you imagine having to get a job at say a bank or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just no. I mean, I have great respect for anyone who does, you know, who do, who does those things, but I would, I would struggle with it a lot. For sure. Okay. So, um, so I sold insurance for a while and it was like, oh gosh, get me out of here. <laughs> Nightmare. Oh, I worked for an insurance guy once, you know, what's the most interesting thing you've, you've, uh, found during your research. So Annie, like, oh, I'm not going to, no, <laughs> I, I'm just going to no. no, 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 We will move on. Family rated show. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Kate, I'll talk to you. Um, hmm. Well, they also write crime thrillers about serial killers. So if the FBI ever raided my house and searched my internet searches, they'd be like, this woman's like, she's searching all these things on nuclear war and missile heads and oh my goodness. And then I'm researching like blood splatter analysis. So I'm oh. sure all of our computers have like the world's strangest mm -hmm. yeah. searches. Yeah, <laughs> Annie, I mean, Sarah. Um, probably the scariest thing that I've found out cause I just wrote my first book just as like a survival story, wilderness survival, lots of that. And uh, when I went on to my next book, it was like my ode to big government and like how the government responded to it. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing my podcast, I started realizing that there's all these executive orders that are really in place for if national disaster hits to yeah. like control everything about our lives. Uh -huh. And everybody's like, oh, it's cool. It's we trust <laughs> them. And and I'm like, no, that's no, that's <laughs> not like a good thing. That's water and power and everything, your labor, your home, your property, everything. And so that people was are, really... people are saying to trust them. And then all of us writers are like, we're building a bigger bunker. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, no, I am not. Yeah, I'm not trusting you. I'm good with that. So that's probably the scariest thing that I really uh, realized that it's all already written and in place, just waiting for the day. And that was kind of really eye-openingly scary. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's funny whenever you when you start to research, like whenever I wrote um, Surrender the Sun, I was researching for a mini ice age and I actually found this thing called the Maunder Minimum. And it is a real big deal. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, so a lot of uh, so so now people are discovering this and they're going, you actually already wrote that. Yeah, I did. But it was yep. it was bizarre discovering something you thought might be there. Yes, I had that same experience in a podcast, like I laid out how the government would handle it. And then right. I talked to somebody that does DMAT services and stuff. I'm like, what would, how would this look? And she like, started explaining almost exactly what my book was. And I'm like, Oh, goodness gracious. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stacy Wright says, good thing we don't have to worry about y'all stopping your writing. Yeah, I don't. it's not possible. I, no worries. Yeah. 
If, if it's not your fans that will kill you, it's your it's your characters that won't stop. You won't sleep again, or I wouldn't. Yep. Okay, so whenever you're, I don't know, this is a silly question, but whenever you're sitting down for your day and your your or your night, and you're starting to to write, is it coffee, tea, or spirits? Kate already said caffeine. Do you really <laughs> at night? Oh, oh yeah. If I drink an iced tea around or a hot tea, and either uh, tea is kind of my thing, okay. um, around six or seven, I'm good till like three. Wow. I'm not a morning coffee drinker. I but I'll go late. I know the way I what I need to get through. So and I find that the better I, the, I write a lot better when I'm really tired. I don't know if you guys are like that, but if I, around one or two o'clock in the morning when I'm like really really sleepy, that's when it just starts coming. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a zombie. No, <laughs> just it happens when it happens. Annie, what about you? See, the beverage isn't what gets to me. Um, it's funny that Kate said that. I put my headphones on and find the hardest rock that I can find. Mm -hmm. And the, the louder and the faster it is, the faster I write. Of course, yeah. I misspell too, but you know, that's besides the point. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's what gets me is is the loud, fast music. I, of course, it, ha it affects my driving too. So, <laughs> um, and Sarah, yeah, I just um, I I burn the midnight oil a lot as well with my writing. But um, so I do a lot of uh, website design and stuff, just trying to earn extra money for you know around the author work. And uh, so whenever I'm taking a break, I got to walk away from my computer, you know, and I write everything by hand. So I'll just grab my notebook and are head you, outside. And, are yeah. you one of those people who actually writes their books by hand? Yeah. Yeah. I've got notebooks just full of all my writing because yeah. I, I don't know. My brain just works better that way. And then it gives me time to type it into the computer and I, I can really mold the story at that point because I already know where it's going. And yeah, so I just like to take my notebook outside. and That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Let's see. Beth Baker asks, Kate is the only one is the only one of you I've read so far. What book series would be the best of you to recommend to start with? Um, okay. Let's, so he's asking the rest of us, I guess, <clears throat> which is the best. Annie, can you answer that? Alpha Farm. Alpha Farm. And Sarah? Um, my first book, Day After Disaster, is the beginning. So, I mean, that's oh, the Change Your series. Okay, the, the what series? I'm sorry. The Changing Earth series. The Changing Earth series for Sarah. And for me, it would be Graham's resolution. So, and and Kate, just for everyone else who's listening, what's the best book to start with? McLean series, book one, correct? Yep, book one, um, unless you're looking for crime series. Yeah. I, I also have a thriller series out. Cool. Nice. And I don't think I even knew that. <laughs> I need to know what that is. Yeah, I have two um, released on that series. It's the Detective Lorena Evans story. Okay. Um, it's pretty dark. It's set in Ohio, but um, it is about serial killers. So great. Yeah. Chris Master says all of us readers and fans need to get in touch with Hollywood agents about making these books, these book series. Yes. Yes, please. That would be nice. Yeah. Let's see. I could think of a couple names, but I can't. I can't think of them right now. Sean something comes to mind. Um, uh, I, the guy who did uh, Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ah, <laughs> nice. Oh, we just lost 
Kate. Just a second, Kate. Coming back in. Okay, so um, pantsers or planners? You know what I'm talking about? Pantsers or planners? Annie, do you do you plot out your stories or do they come to you naturally? You sit down and it just happens, or do you plot? I have attempted. Yeah, I've attempted to plot things out, um, but once you get going, the story has a mind of its own and takes over and I can end up someplace completely different than where I start out. Right. Now I've got an idea of okay. what each book is gonna be about and how I want the story to end. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll start writing the beginning, write the end and then fill in the middle. So I'm a complete by inspiration. It's good, so you're a pantser, mostly. Absolutely, with, with sometimes without pants, but yeah. <laughs> Kate, how about you? Um, I'm a planner. I have to have um, a pretty good, I, I, I start off and I write like two chapters and then I stop and then I start my outline because with the McLean series, there are so many characters and so many things that has to happen before the end of each book. So I am, I'm a planner. Yeah. I'm also a sticky note person. So they're kind of everywhere. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sarah. Um, I'm a pantser. I, I like start, I had like a timeline kind of at one point and now my timeline's like been thrown out the window about book five, you know, and yeah. it was pretty like, so I'd write the book anyway and then be like, okay, I have to plot it out just so where I know what happened in the former books to keep it in track for the future books. So yeah, this story, I call it my writing demon and it just kind of takes over and decides like what's going to happen in the story. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel kind of like exhausted and wiped out afterwards. I really think that plotting is very efficient and we probably would finish books quicker that way, but it doesn't work for me that way either. I sit at my desk, it comes to me. That is the way it happens. That's the only way that it happens. Um, Stacy Wright says, um, how do y'all develop your characters? Annie? Well, mine are based off of real people. So they probably carry a lot of the same attributes that they do. Um, and when I wrote it initially, I wrote it with their real names and had to go back and change everything. But, um, you know, I, do we change a few things? Yeah, you know, but um, for the most part, you know, some of them are very, very similar to people that I actually know. Cool, Kate, what about you? Um, how do I develop characters? Well, my my series itself came to me in a dream. Uh, so I already had about the first five characters uh, uh, God given to me, I, I suppose. And then the rest of my characters are easily developed because my stories are very family oriented. So there's always a lot of family members that just keep getting added. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and Sarah. Um, some of my characters are planned that I know I want, you know, a certain character to enter. Um, I might give them attributes of people I know and stuff. Uh, definitely in my earlier books, it was more that way. And now it's kind of as the situation calls for it. And uh, I actually have a huge notebook, of, like all my characters and their backstories. And I go find pictures of them so that I know like what they look like. And I can come back to them each time be like, yep. When I'm writing the book, I flip their picture open so I can describe them and everything and really yeah. uh, give them life. Yeah. And I don't, they just, they just come to me and tell me who they are. I mean, right. what they look yeah. like. And that's just, I don't know why or how that happens, but that's just the way it is. 
So, so most of, we're writers and, and most writers are avid readers. Annie, what are you reading right now? What is like your, like I'm, I'm really trying to remember, oh, I know what I'm reading. So Annie, what are you reading right now? Oh, There's a ton of books behind you. Right, it's a moment? Yeah. Um, oh no, I love books. This is just yes. one of many uh, bookshelves that I have. I still have a garage full of books I have to finish unpacking at. Um, what am I, I'm reading right now? Uh, a book called Well Hole. <laughs> it's about digging a well. Wow. <laughs> so nothing, nothing fantastic. No, um, that's awesome. I like technical, yeah, technical stuff and learning how to do things my, you know, myself and, and all mm -hmm. that. I have I all of your books and, uh, you know, I close friends with several authors in this genre um, mm -hmm. that I adore. And, you know, I read anything I can get my hands on, basically. I do get into, you know, a lot of end times prophecy kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, so, it, I mean, I'm all over the place, so it's nothing in particular. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, can you, um, can you read in the same genre when you're writing your book? Does it bother you at all? It, some writers will avoid that. When I'm, when I'm writing, I'm not, I don't have time to read. That's a different season for me. So okay. when I'm not writing, I'll pick up uh, something to, re to read for fun. If right. not, it's technical manuals, how to do this, how to do that, those kind of things. Right. How about you, Kate? Um, I'm trying to finish, unsuccessfully trying to finish a Dean Koontz book that I started like a year ago. <laughs> I, he's my favorite author, so I, I do follow him. I've read him since I was like probably 13. So, um, and no, I don't read any apocalypse books at all. Um, someday I'll probably read all of them, but for me, I don't want anybody else's storylines to influence what I would do with my characters or, or storylines. And then I have a new series coming out at the beginning of the year. That's a new apocalypse series. So I definitely stay away from all apocalypse books. Yeah, that's a common thing. Like some people will definitely not read while they're writing those. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, um, I tried to tackle uh, uh, 1984 when I, I just got back from a road trip to Colorado. I was out at the uh, Self-Reliance uh, and Simple Life Experience. And boy, that book was just so boring. I couldn't even get through the first chapter. Oh, I so read. I had brought, yeah. So I had brought my books. I mean, the great book, I mean, everybody's like, it's so awesome. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Me and my husband are, you know. So luckily, I brought my books along. My husband loves when I read them, you know, my books and we're going. He loves my stories. So um, I do actually read my own stuff a lot. Um, and then it's just hard to find time when you're working on so many books to read more material. And uh, so, you know, I have a lot of authors that come on the podcast and stuff and they'll send me books and I'm like, oh man, it's going to be like on the bucket list, you know? So, uh, but I'd also read a lot of technical information as well. So I'm designing apps and um, wow. um, Johnny Jax's book, um, Absolute Anarchy is a great read. So I go into that one and, and cool. peruse it often. Yeah. Right now I'm reading The Tide by Anthony J. Melchiori. And I probably said his name wrong, but it's, uh, I don't do zombies, right? Yeah. He, he is a fantastic writer. He'll be on next Wednesday. And he um, he's a biologist by trade. Oh, very cool. And he really came at this with a totally different angle. And the book actually starts um, 
during the during where well it was the uh, the the American Holocaust of Japan during Hiroshima basically. So it sort of starts right there, but it's really, really interesting. And he's a fantastic writer. So I, I can read, I've read probably all of your books. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that I can kind of read through them, but it's one of the, but it's also difficult because you don't want to, you don't want any of those other ideas to come through. So it's, I don't know, one of those funny things. Let's see, we have uh, Chris Mathier, Masters says, good news, Kate, and good series. And, and Stacy Wright said, awesome, thanks for answering her question earlier. Let's see, um, do you find any special challenges writing in a male-driven genre? Um, for me, I'll, I'll answer first. We, we're the few females that actually write in this very male-driven genre. I'm former military. I, I get along with them. I've not had any problems at all. I have great male fans. I've not had any issues at all like that. What is your take on things, Annie? I, you kind of phased out there for a second. Oh, my take on on uh, are there any are there any challenges writing in a male-driven genre? Um, writing? No. Yeah. Um, not really, because I've always said that it was with a girl's point of view. Uh, and I think that, you know, we're re we're unique there in the fact that we write in this genre uh, as females. I think we're some of the first ones that started to really pick up in this genre and carry it forward. Now, you know, the response from the male readers has been nothing but positive, and that I greatly appreciate because a lot of times they're like, "Will you write, you know, you know, fluffy?" And it's like, "No, I don't write fluffy stuff. I actually write quite the opposite." But I worked, you know, 32 years in a male-dominated industry, so mm -hmm. you know I'm used to how the male brain operates. Right. So I try and, you know, when I write, I probably do write a little more hardcore when it comes to stuff than, than most. But no, I've not really had any issues at all. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Kate? Um, no, I actually was surprised when I started getting so many reviews and, and emails from male fans because I thought that my books are a little heavier on relationships and even romance and um, Suzanne Sherman calls me the Jane Austen of the apocalypse. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, my books are definitely more fluff than Annie's books, um, which I actually have, I've read your books, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I think the response has been surprisingly positive because I, I think um, there's just not a lot of women out there writing apocalypse stories. Right. And so they don't think that we're going to know like anything about guns and, and things like that. And then boom, we, you know, oh, this guy's got a, an, an AR-15 and, you know, there's just some things that uh, I think women can do differently than men, especially focusing on characters. Um, and I've read a lot of male authors, not in the apocalypse genre, but male authors that really don't write female characters well. And I think you just don't have that insight into the female brain. We're a little trickier than men. Um, so no, but I, I, my response has been really positive and the fans are really great. Mm -hmm. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, my response has been awesome as well. I mean, I have to agree. Um, I always grew up um, a little more rugged, like playing ice hockey and bow hunting and, and stuff yeah. that, 
you know, when I was younger, they were like, well, that's not what a lady does. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. I don't really care what a lady does. It's not what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> so I was always hanging out with the guys and stuff like that anyway. So and uh, Erica's pretty, pretty tough character in my story, you know, my lead character. But, you know, she also I also tried to keep her in check so that like other females could really relate to her and be like, yeah, I could do that. I can defend myself. I can take care of myself. I can do that because I kind of really wanted to, you know, give that female empowerment without them being like, oh, she's just too over the top crazy. Like I could never do that. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Like um, uh, whenever people find out I'm a writer and then they say, OK, well, what do you write? Right. You can relate. And then you. <laughs> You know it's going downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like post-apocalyptic fiction. They're like, oh, okay. Like thriller. And then I'll say science fiction. Well, what kind of science fiction post-apocalyptic? <laughs> and they give you the funniest looks. I mean. Or they're like, give me your card. I love that stuff. Right? And I want to read yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then they get that glazed wide-eyed look and they're so excited. So it's, it's yeah. cool. Um, Kelly, mine's great because I say I write post-apocalyptic books and books about serial killers. There you go. <laughs> and they start backing. And then they the back up. And shockingly, I had a normal childhood. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, Kelly Haynes, Kelly J. Haynes says, so glad you're doing this. Very enlightening and informative. I have all of Kate's books, love them, and will now get the books from Sarah, Annie, and AR. Looking forward to more reading. Thank you, ladies. You're very welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh, let's see. And so I was going to ask that question. Uh, some male writers have a hard time creating interesting female, female characters. Do you find this as a challenge creating male characters? Is the opposite true? Do we struggle writing male characters? I don't think so for myself and my own characters. I because I don't know. I, I was in the military. I've had that experience. I've you know been around. I can relate to males. All, you know, I think I do a pretty good job. Have you struggled? Have you ever had to ask weird questions like you know? I'm not. I, I have nothing. To, no examples. But what about you, Annie? <laughs> um, I've I've asked some pretty pointed questions to some male people that I know. Um, but I think that's, that's what got me when I first started to read the, you know, a lot of the male post-apocalyptic genre writers, you know, the, their wives had no idea or they killed them or they left them behind or they were the weakest females. It's like, is this, is this person for real? You know, do you know this person or could you at least put a little oomph into her or something? So I think that's what really got me. You know, I, I, I can't, I couldn't take it anymore. It's like, you know, we're not all a bunch of, you know, weak-minded bimbos, well, or we'll leave the bimbo part out, but, you know, a lot of us have some skills, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that needs to be seen. And I think that, you know, I've gotten nothing but positive response back from the fact that, you know, my main characters are females versus, and I do have males in my books, don't get me wrong, never had a problem with any of them. Right. Yeah. How about you, Kate? Um, no, I actually like the challenge of the writing a male character because um, my husband is a has all brothers. So I've been around them for two decades and they really interact differently than women do. Um, yeah. But it, I like writing their characters because they are they're different and I like the difference between the men and the women in, in the different characters, but I also don't 
like Annie, I don't write weak female characters. Mm -hmm. um, they're more than capable of taking care of themselves. But then I also write very strong alpha male characters too, which my male fans actually appreciate because they don't want their male characters watered down just because it's coming from a female writer. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And Sarah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's not, not so much of a challenge, but there, so I always kind of bounce my rough drafts off my husband, you know, I'm reading to him and then he'll, and I tend to go like a little too maybe aggressive or like the sex scenes like a little crazy or something. My husband's like, whoa, you know, let's pulling that back a little. And I'm like, okay, all right. So we'll, we'll, we'll take that. We'll make that a little softer or that. He's the one who's telling me to do that, you know? So that's, that's kind of funny sometimes, right? That's hilarious. Um, okay, so so along those lines, your female characters, if the apocalypse were to actually happen, would you act as bravely as your book characters? Would you would you be that strong female character? Annie, go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have I have no problem. She's very realistic. Even my editor says my characters are very, very I don't give that that big uh glamorous, you know, they've got all the knowledge, they've got all the tools and all the answers all the time. Um, she's like, they're very relatable characters in my book. You know, they stumble, they fall, they have issues, you know, my main character, you know, the main marriage in, in my book, in Alpha Farm, you know, ended up being where, you know, the main character, Emma, had to make a decision on Oh, hi, Kitty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> kind of make a decision on, you know, does she take out one of the main care or, you know, one of the main people in her circle because he was acting, you know, hard life decisions. So, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. I'd want him on my team. Okay, cool. So you would behead the neighbor if you had to. If you, if uh, you know, I don't have neighbors now, but if I was still by Mr. Jiggly, <laughs> Remember my adventure with Mr. Jiggly? Yeah, Kate knows. Um, absolutely. I'd have his head on a stick. <laughs> Kate, how about you? Um, I also don't really have a whole lot of neighbors, but um, <laughs> which is a good thing for them. Um, yeah, I, I think that I would be okay. I, my biggest concern would, of course, be my kids, but my kids have been raised by me and my husband, who's ex-military. So... I mean, my son is on a trap shooting league. My daughter shoots. I shoot. So we got kind of a bunker here. I like to think that I could survive. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably die like the first week or something. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I know yeah. where you live. That's right. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? Yeah, I would like to think that I'm I'm a second degree black belt and I do jujitsu. I train pretty much every night just to make sure that, you know, we're self-defense ready all the time and, uh, you know, do a lot of shooting. And I, I, my, my main character, she fights a lot for our country and it's about, you know, restoring the constitution and things like that. And, uh, so I've really stepped out of my box and, um, started using my voice, uh, and my fans to push that message in real life. And, um, you know, I was, like I said, I was just at the self-reliance expo and explaining about the, you know, what they asked me, you know, what do you see coming and, and what are you doing to prepare, you know, and it's like, I see a lot of turmoil coming for our country. And if we don't all prepare by getting involved, 
then we're going to lose a lot of a lot of really important things in our country, you know. And so I tend to stand really firmly behind my message. And uh, I'd like to believe that I would be as brave as Erica is and stand for what's right in our world. Right. Yeah. That's 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 one of those things where you put you have to whenever you're writing your characters, like I know whenever I'm doing this, I'm standing there with them, breathing the same air that they breathe, seeing I'm there with them. And even when you're writing very traumatic scenes, it, it you get anxious. I mean, it, it's you cry when they cry. It's tough. Yeah. Some of these scenes are very difficult to write. And and, and then you have to try and put it into an audiobook. And so like keep your yeah. straight face while you're yeah, I'm like, oh <laughs> <laughs> have you done your own audiobooks? Here? Yeah, I do all my own audiobooks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. fantastic. I that kudos to you. That's a big deal. Well, I use them all for my podcast as well, right? So oh, yeah. you know, okay. that's cool. very cool. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. See, uh, I think I've gotten behind on some of the comments. So Pam Willis says, Annie knows strong women. She also pushes women to hold our own. Yes. Amen, sister. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Master says, that's what keeps us going, Kate. Your characters are strong in their own way, are very strong in their own way. Yep. And Kathy Quarter says, amen to that, to all of that, I'm sure. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Okay, so do you do you ever try out your own experiments or things that you've like discovered in research or things that you want to include? I know that I know Sarah does. Okay, for example, I wanted to use this one thing. Uh, um, you know, back in World War II, they did not have access to poppy seeds, right? Um, right. So what did they? They didn't have opium. To, to treat um, patients for pain medicine. Anyway, I ran across this recipe to use minor seed lettuce to make laudulum. It's what they used in the Civil War, making mm. laudulum pain meds out of this. And, and I thought that would be cool to try. <laughs> I mean, it was a cool, and you, all, you know this certain, it's <laughs> probably illegal. So um, have you ever read across anything like that that you wanted to try out? Like I've gone to the gun range to try different weapons, to try different ammo, to, you know, to, to see it, smell it, feel it kind of thing for different books. What about you, Annie? Was there anything that you've, you know, run across that you wanted to use in your books, like having to start a fire a certain way or? You, I've done that for so long now, you know, other than maybe build a flamethrower or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the medicinal stuff, like you said, learning some old school, you know. Developing, uh, you know, in your you know yeah. stuff like that you know i've never done that but yeah. you know it's stuff like that yeah okay kate um i definitely want to be on the standby phone call if you take your own laudanum <laughs> or at least i want to know when you're going to do it so that i can come up there and not doing it. <laughs> resuscitate you if i need to <laughs> But um, yeah, we actually do use a lot of the principles that we talk about in our in my book. So we we do a lot of canning, a lot of prepping, mm -hmm. uh, ammo reloading is big in this house. And uh, this summer we actually built our own solar system to heat the pool. Um, so that was something that that's a really really big thing in my books is everybody the grandfather had solar had solar ideas that they implemented and that's how they would use electricity in their home after the fall. 
and then they would pass that on to other people that they met, met and teach other people how to do it. So then my husband's like, hey, we could do this too. So we did it and now we have our pool heated. Yeah, and, and Sarah? Yeah, so when you first asked the question, all I could envision, I um, just wrote this scene where my character is like escaping from, you know, being all strung in, tied behind her back and everything. And so I was out on my deck, like rocking, trying to get my hands out to like, which is the perfect way to write this and how does it play out? And work, uh, right? yeah. yeah, so all I could envision is myself like rolling around on the deck trying to like get the scene worked out in my head because my husband was like, how exactly would that work? I'm like, just like this, you know, and I was showing them. And so yeah, beyond the, you know, the herbal, the herbal medicines and we have tons of miner's lettuce, so I might have to try that too. Hey, I didn't, I didn't write it. It's all over the internet. Just all right. But yeah, I did, I did include it in one of my books. And then uh, also there was like a man trap in one of, um, I think it was the third book in the Graham's Resolution series. And I thought that's really dangerous. I mean, but I wanted to see how it would actually work. And so I was setting it up and decided to not leave the last um, tension on the last part of the man trap because anyone yeah. could and that I just don't know, you know. So yeah, it's it's kind of you find yourself in these dilemmas. Yeah. Okay. So what is your writing kryptonite? What will just like stop you, Annie? Is it stress? Is it what what would stop you? Really from just, <laughs> um, I don't think anything will stop me. Stop me. I mean, life has gotten a little hectic here with the move, so I haven't got back in a groove yet, but. I think that once writing is in your blood, it's in your blood. There's nothing that's going to stop you. Mm -hmm. We only have 10 minutes left. So quickly answer, Kate. Did we freeze? Oh, uh, kryptonite, uh, writing kryptonite, just time. It's yeah. it's just hard to find time when, you know, when my kids move out, I'll probably write 10 books a year. I don't know. But for now, it's just a time constraints. Yeah. And Sarah? Yeah, I have to agree with both of those. It's just time and maybe a little stress when life gets, you know, going so fast, you just can't keep up and you're just like, uh, I want to write it, but can't. You just store it all up for the when you can get it out. Um, Bill or Biff Baker asks, what event, what event do you ladies think will trigger your books into reality? EMP, physical, physical failure, tsunamis, foreign invasion, et cetera. Annie, can you answer that one? Well, mine starts with a localized EMP. Um, well, actually, several of them uh, set off by the government. And you're going to see um, some things play into with drone attacks um, and whatnot. So that's all I can really say right now because the books, those, you know, the end books have not come out yet. So I don't want to give it too much away, but definitely real life stuff. Okay. And Kate? What would um, I definitely worry more about foreign relations. Uh, my McLean series is based completely around uh, North Korea um, setting off nukes, sets a series of, of events that ends up a nuclear apocalypse. Uh, another thing that worries me is weaponized um, viruses. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, we're just lucky that our enemies aren't that smart yet, but or if they are, our government's taking care of them already. Yeah, and we don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my books are the Changing Earth series. So obviously I focus on the planetary changes and how our planets changed in the past. 
and we'll do so in the future. And uh, I'm just really concerned about our reliance upon technology and not keeping our relationship with the planet because how humans have survived before is by adapting with the planet. And if we can't maintain our adaptability, then mm -hmm. that's a big problem. So um, my books are basically how the planet's changing and how the humans are reacting to the changes, what kind of social stresses that causes on top. Right, right. And, and mine, let's see, the first one had to do with a weaponized bird flu. So we mentioned that. And then the Maunder Minimum was the second series. And, um, and I'm working on more. But one of the ones I am working on right now, like Sarah said before, is somewhat of a civil unrest book. But it's going to be different. Um, it's just it's a different catalyst. But what what would cause those things to happen? Gosh, the weaponized bird flu in my research, there are weaponized viruses that have been missing from these different um, uh, safety facilities for decades. There's uh, it could happen. So there, there are a lot of different and we're, we're supposedly already in a new Maunder minimum. It's called the global minimum. Yep. So those yeah, are it's true. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote that two years ago. <laughs> so that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of scary. And people ask me if I'm the next Nostradamus. <laughs> uh, yep, like wrote it. <laughs> so, um, okay, so Annie, where can people find your stuff? Do you have a website? You can mention Prepper Chicks. How can people follow you and find your stuff? Annie? She can't hear me. Okay, Kate, let's go to Kate really quick. Sarah? Um, yeah, I, I do have a website, uh, authorkatemorris.com, and that's mostly if you want a signed copy, but uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, there's a few libraries and bookstores that carry the books, but mostly uh, it's just easier to download, so Kindle, iTunes, that kind of thing. Right, okay, and Sarah? Um, my website is author Sarah F like Frank Hathaway.com S A R A F like Frank Hathaway.com. And, uh, you can find also the autographed copies over there, links to all my books, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, but also all my information on my podcasts. And I have a whole survival guide over there and just tons of training information. Cause I really like to educate as mm -hmm. at the same time as I'm entertaining. And what is the name of the podcast again, Sarah? Oh, it's the Changing Earth Podcast. Changing Earth Podcast. And Annie, can you hear me? She can't hear me. Kate, can you text her really quick and, and yep. sort of just, just say, you know, where to find her stuff. Anyway, and you can find me on author arshaw.com and everything's on Amazon, of course. Uh, Viv Baker says, great event, ladies. Keep up the excellent work. Thanks so much for your input. <laughs> Annie, can you hear me yet? I'm freezing. Is that just me or you guys? Um, it's just you. Can Tell you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Where can we find your stuff? Um, I can. You can find me at Prepper Chicks all over Facebook or PrepperChicks.org or AnnieBirdell.org. Um, I'm all over the place all the time. So. Okay, you guys are absolutely awesome. Let me mention a couple of uh, things here. It says, thank you ladies from M Michelle Prock, sharing your time and information and stories with us. Marty Mullins, thank you all, very nice. And Crystal Strong says, great. Well, cool, thank you guys for very much for coming on, this was awesome. And we'll have to do it again. Let me know when you have new book releases and we'll have you on again by yourself solo. <laughs> but thank you. you thanks, are. You can stay in there for a second. Thank you fans for tuning Thank in. You.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.